reading of God's Word and the uh, reflection uh, in regard to that. Before I, before I really get started on the sermon, I need to mention to you that today is really the middle. I was hoping Sherry was going to be here today. Today, I think if my, if my calendar is right, we're in the, in the middle of a birthday sandwich of sorts. <laughs> Sherry's was yesterday. I think Dimples is tomorrow. Tomorrow. So not, I, I hadn't realized that until I, uh, until yesterday, I, I looked it up. I was, I was already, go, I was already thinking uh, about, about doing this in, in light of my topic this morning. If, if I were just to, to, to do, you all know what comes next. Happy birthday. A, a day. You all know what comes next from from just those simple five notes of happy birthday. I was trying to think of how many times I thought I had heard that song in my life. I bet you I'm moving moving in on having it sung to me within about a month and a half or so. 40 times, just for me. And then with my sisters, there were six other folk in my house who had birthdays. The twins, we would always sing twice to, to them. And then my own family, I, I, I wasn't able to, to do the, the math, but I bet you combined, we've heard that song thousands of times. We mean it when we sing it, but as with anything, repetition apart from reflection can result in indifference. This week, we begin our reflection on a chapter that is likely one of the top three most recognizable. I I would estimate if church folk were asked, where is that passage where Jesus and Nicodemus have a conversation? This is just my my own thinking, but... I bet you 70% could come up with John 3. Primarily because of John 3.16. We're not going to quite get that far today, but this is a very recognizable passage. We have to be on guard not to let our familiarity with the setting and the chapter lull us into missing what God has for us in this Chapter. We need to be careful not to finish the song in our own head, sometimes the way we do with familiar melodies. So here are these eight verses from John 3 where a man believes he knows how the conversation is going to unfold, only to have Jesus seem to say the impossible is required to enter the kingdom of of God. From John 3, now there was a man uh, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, and this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? 
Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. In setting the scene for this conversation to take place, the author of the Gospel wants readers to note, first off, when this conversation took place. That it took place in the secrecy the cover of darkness would provide. Now recently, just last week in in our study, but recently in light of Jesus' ministry, it had taken a very public stance against the temple. At least as it existed in that day, as we read last week when he drove out the money changers. A man who was very much connected because of his position as a Pharisee. Other translations note that he was a member of the Sanhedrin. Nicodemus, a religious leader, very much connected to religious life in Jerusalem, intentionally seeks Jesus out. We don't really know what his original intention or agenda for this conversation was. It, though what ensues make it, makes it unlikely, I, I think it is possible that he was coming to try and negotiate some sort of way forward in the temple system with the growing popularity of Jesus. Can we, can we come to some sort of an understanding where we can coexist, where you're not going to come in and, and vandalize the temple? Maybe that's what he wanted to have the conversation with Jesus about. Maybe he was sent by the Pharisees to have it. We don't really know. He, he could have come with the hope of, of some personal reassurance from Jesus. Maybe, maybe he just thought that the pressure that accompanies the spotlight was beginning to take its toll on Jesus. Upon entering, upon encountering Jesus at night, Nicodemus initiates the conversation with, with something close to professional courtesy. You ever watch a, a senators debate and they say, oh, my, my dear friend from Colorado, right? And, and then they go on to Colorado or whatever state. Then they go on to explain why they think whatever that senator just said is the absolute dumbest thing they've ever heard in their life. But, but they started out very politely. That's kind of what Nicodemus says to Jesus. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God and no one can do these signs you do unless God is with him. I don't want to overstate my, my senatorial analogy to say that what Nicodemus says to Jesus here was not what he was actually thinking. I think that it is, but, but I think his, his approach uh, indicates that, that he is coming to Jesus as something of a colleague, as, uh, something of, of an equal, okay? 
the reply he expected from Jesus, the rest of the song, was probably in the same spirit that he had given. Following the exchange of pleasantries, the well-respected Pharisee would have a chance to seek whatever information had motivated his nighttime visit. So maybe he thought Jesus would say something like, uh, uh, Nicodemus, your, your knowledge of the law and, and the instruction and, 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 and deliberation within the Sanhedrin is, is admirable. And, and to, what, to what pleasure do I owe the honor of having you in my presence this evening? That's probably something close to what Nicodemus thought Jesus would say. Jesus saw the question behind the question, which Nicodemus never asked. <laughs> Did you know that within, within the passage? Jesus answers a question that Nicodemus doesn't actually have an opportunity to ask. When Jesus declares, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Note the contrast. Note the contrast. Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from God, for no one can do these signs you do unless God is with him. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What? <laughs> As we'll see in the verses to come in later portions of this chapter, Pharisees like Nicodemus were expected to be the model. They were expected to be the example. They knew the scriptures. They had things together in their relationship with God. They devoted themselves to study. They'd attained all the right credentials. And yet Jesus, near mystical, physiologically impossible framework for entry into the kingdom of God, completely throws Nicodemus off. The song did not conclude. The song did not finish the way Nicodemus thought that it would. Now, I admittedly don't know much about TikTok videos. I, I, I see them, I think, on Facebook from time to time. But I, I think part of what led to the popularity of TikTok videos were folk who, among other things, would sing just short little snippets of a song, sometimes an original song, sometimes a song that was written by someone else. And, and then from there, they begin to do what is called a mashup. A mashup, okay? In essence, this is at least two songs that are put together, usually with one melody. Returning to our title, finishing the song, there is something of a mashup that took place in this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. And it throws Nicodemus completely off as he thought that the lyrics should be completed. This is the equivalent of happy birthday to you, standing on the promises of Christ the King. What? <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. Understandably, the teacher of the people who is supposed to know how God operates is fully confounded. Within the opening seconds of their conversation, the wrench Jesus threw into Nicodemus' understanding revolved 
around the role of the person who receives this new birth, this this event of being born again or born from above. From the date of our birth until our final breath, there are decisions we make and millions of things (coughs) that we are able to do for ourselves. You know what was true of every single person who's ever been born? They had not a single thing to do with their own birth. There were outside participants when it came to conception and uh, their mothers in the event of each of our births. The best-selling book is called What to Expect When You're Expecting. Not, not your most important contribution to being born. In the economy of the kingdom of heaven, there's a similar truth. As the spirit, which Jesus compared to the uncontrollable, invisible wind, does as he pleases, so also God in the person of Jesus is the one who brings the new birth. The new birth is something from outside of ourselves that happens to us. We, we'll get into this more, Next week, primarily. We are passive participants in the new birth. He's the one who has authored and completes the song, the Lord Jesus. As the epistle says, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Amen.